Praise the Lord. Good to be here on a Sunday morning. Amen. Uh, I apologize if my little message isn't very Eastery. Um, I do intend to venture off the beaten path just a little bit, but I know from the bottom of my heart that I have a word for somebody out there today. All right. If I could just put a mini title on this, I just want to uh, title it, Pick It Up. Judges 15, verse 15 says, And he found a new jawbone of a donkey, if you're sensitive about that, and put forth his hand and took it and slew a thousand men therewith. And Samson said, With the jawbone of a donkey, heaps upon heaps. With the jawbone of a donkey, I slain a thousand men. I was reading this the other day, and something else just popped out to me. I find interesting the fact that Samson, God's chosen superhero, knows there's a fight coming. He knows something's going to be rolling down that hill, and he needs to prepare himself. The CEV says he glances around. He needs something. He knows that this strength is fantastic, but he needs a weapon. What's left for him on the ground is a jawbone of a donkey. These are not just men. These are soldiers that are coming for him. These are men prepared to kill him the second they get the opportunity. And what he's given is a jawbone. I realized in just a second that sometimes what you're given for your fight might be a little bit surprising. Sometimes you aren't given the sword. Sometimes you aren't given a javelin. Sometimes you're given a jawbone. And it's up to me to pick it up. If I could get, ooh, if I could preach for a second, I have seen person after person walk up to this altar and get nothing because they sat there. They've cried and complained and couldn't make it happen. They wouldn't pick up the jawbone. It's going to cost something from you. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense that we pray for your mother for 20 minutes and suddenly cancer goes away. No, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense that you can get down in that tank, come back up and be clean today. No, that doesn't doesn't make any sense and it makes zero sense that I can stand at this altar say God I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost and suddenly something else comes over my body I'm telling you today is the day I have to pick up a jawbone today is the day to stop saying it's not worth it today is the day to stop putting it off there is something on the ground something waiting for you that's who our God is today and it's not changed it's the same today it's the same yesterday he gave Moses a staff and said lead my people. He gave David a sling and said, kill the giant. He gave you the Holy Ghost and said, change the world. It's time to pick up a jawbone today, man. It's so much worth it. It may not be what you expected, but 20 minutes in an altar, baptism, baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's how you change the world today. Let's pick it up. Amen. 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 Oh, hallelujah. What a privilege. I don't know why I'm feeling a little nostalgic today, but perhaps it's because of the holiday. But, well, let me take care of business first. A new, I've given these couple of first-time business cards, Troy and Pete, and if there's any others that I have missed or have not been given the card to, we welcome you sincerely today. We thank you for being here. All of our visitors that aren't regulars, honored that you're here this morning. I truly mean that. God is working. You see these signs on the wall? God laid on my heart some months ago that he was going to restore the things that the devil has stolen from us. And I, I don't need the board's approval. 
I don't need a chicken frying committee to amen me. I know God talked to me. And God has shown it from the get-go. He will, he will support his word with signs following. Man, appreciate, appreciate your support today. You being here, God love you. Uh, Brother Joe, I, I don't know how many years ago this was. You're 23? Way back when the congregation, Brother Anthony Short, was about 25 or 28, maybe 30 people. This family was here then, Sister Maya, Joe, and John. And just for kicks, I was just praying for a little adventure, some ideas, and something different to do. So one night, we had just Friday night fellowship. We got together and had food and goofed around. And just for kicks, I just said, let's call it 50s Friday. And I have that picture, but I wouldn't put it up there. Without, I know my life would be threatened if I did, but that's that's. I'm sentimentally fond of that, brother. It's, it means something to, to myself, your pastor, your brother, you and you and John, that uh, we have roots that connect us. I, I appreciate anybody that stops by for a cup of coffee, but I love it when people put roots down. And they build their family in a community. And they buy homes or rent apartments and they get jobs and they put roots down in a community. There's something about roots that bring power to a local congregation. Love that young man back there. Love him dearly. And all of you today. It's Easter Sunday. I want to say this knowing that I'm going to offend some of you, but I have to... I have to say this anyway. I've been pastoring here 30 years, and I've heard a lot of things, okay? I'm not asking for a pat on the back, but over the years, I've got to know a lot of people. And a few people are very sensitive about the word Easter. And I get it. I'm flexible. I get it. And we used to have two particular brothers here. They're long gone. They're not around anymore. I pray for them. I love them. They're my friends to this day, but they're long gone. And any time I'd be in personal conversation or something, or like this right now, they'd want to—they'd meet me right after church. You know, it's not Easter Sunday, Pastor Aaron, It's Resurrection Sunday. And now, mind you, I'm not God. I'm not lying. I'm not stretching the truth. Uh, both these cats had problems just getting their own life right. They had more issues being faithful to their family their kids, their congregation, their job. But they wanted to scold me whenever I said Easter Sunday. You know what, I'm just, I've just been around long enough to know, take for granted, you know what I mean, all right? I'm not talking about Easter egg hunt. That's not why we celebrate it. But let the kids have a little fun, all right? If you lose, if you lose hope in me because of that, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you lose hope in me because of that, I don't know what to tell you. But... It's Resurrection Sunday, right? And by the way, Easter is in the Bible. Hello. All right? (laughs) But I I, I just scratch my head every time people strain at gnats so they can swallow a camel. Yeah. We're all the shouters now, huh? No shouting going on now. I'm used to it, brother. I'm used to it. All right, we welcome you today. We love you. We're glad you came. We hope that you'll come back. 
We hope that you'll come back Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. Bring somebody with you. Bring yourself. Come, make yourself at home. Amen. And if you have a problem with me saying Easter Sunday, talk to that man, not me, all right? 30 years of it, I'm, I've learned to delegate. Handle that, brother. God is good. God is so good. Praise the Lord. All right, so go ahead and go out. We're going to have one more chorus. The Sunday school class, as it is, is going to be dismissed. Teachers, come make your way up here if you would, please. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. Brother Marshall, let somebody snag him. Put in mind. Brother Dave, would you stay around here with us today? Again, just to repeat what you've already heard, if you want to bring your kids out to my house, 11780 East Weathervane, five minutes from here, you can, you can write that down or get me up, catch me after church. Bring your kids for an Easter egg, Easter egg hunt, 11 and under. If you just want to come out and hang out, visit a little bit. We can do that too. Praise the Lord. Visiting always goes better if you bring food, though. I mean. Say it, man. We've sung. We've prayed. Worshipped. Talked. He announced. And. And. Some of you wish you could go home. But it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what attracted me out of the religious society of systems of the world into the apostolic environment. Someone invited me to church one night. I walked in to the back of the congregation. This man was electric, on fire with preaching. And I had been to churches of several different uh, flavors. And I'm telling I walked in and I said, oh, wait a second. Wait a second. This, is, this is legitimately real. I didn't know the pastor. I didn't know the man that was speaking then. I turned out it was Robert Bayer. But I'm just saying. I haven't looked back. I'm not looking for anything else. You can't find it. You can't find it. Evan Walker, where are you, Evan? Would you come up here, kind sir, please? This young man received the baptism of the Holy Ghost recently. Get a picture. Can get a picture with you? Congratulations, yes, Privilege to be a part of that. It's real, bro. It's real. Don't let anybody tell you different. John chapter 11. I will be very mindful of your time. Everybody here that, just if you don't mind, turn around and look at that back screen there. Sister Dakota put me on a timer. She's, she's like, i got to watch him today. That's payback for all. That's, you know. doesn't mean much, but I see it up there. Right? <laughs> John 11. 
Bible said, anybody care what the Bible said? means a lot more than if my cousin told me or my nephew told me or I, I heard it on the news today. The president told me, the former president told me. This means much more. The Bible said, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Everybody say those last three words with me. Believest thou this? Look at somebody say, do you really believe this? Thank you, Lord, for your word today and precious people in your house. We give you all the glory and the honor and the praise. We ask God that your will would be done today and not our own. Strengthen every weak hand, encourage every discouraged soul, heal every broken heart, God, and let us leave here better than we came today. We'll give you all the praise for it. Now, we don't do this as a show. I'm asking you to give this hand clap right here as, as just an offering to the Lord Jesus, all right? So it's to Him today. We give Him praise. We give Him hand praise. All right. You may be seated today. I am the resurrection and the life. What did Jesus mean? What did Jesus mean? I'm quite sure that if you read your Bible even occasionally, you probably favor the red letters many people do in the New Testament that we all know were the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to know that I believe every word is inspired by God, and the red letter words are certainly relevant and very important. But Jesus, once in a while, to me, Brother Morgan, he spoke in what seemed like riddles, to me at least. I scratched my head trying to figure out what exactly is he trying to tell us. I believe Mr. Webster called it a conundrum. It's something that maybe is riddle-like in form, but I have to ponder for a moment. I have to dig a little bit, wonder, what's he saying? Look at the previous verse for context. Maybe the next verse to make it all come together. What did Jesus mean? I am the resurrection and the life, and he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. It's just some people, that, if I may just jump right out of my pastor block this morning, and some people come to church, I'm grateful for all of you, but we need some life in our experience with God. We need some life. I'm not, I don't want to be in a church that's got dead religion all around. I'm not worshiping some statue. I'm worshiping a living, risen Savior. Hallelujah. But, but I will admit sometime, Brother Corey, that when I read the red letters, I step back and I go, hmm, what does that mean? The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, 33, God is not the author of confusion. So I know I'm not supposed to read that and leave totally confused. 
Somewhere there's got to be clarity, revelation, interpretation, inspiration. But when he talked about a coin in the fish's mouth, moving those mountains, putting mud in somebody's eyes, cursing a fig tree, what am I reading here? That's all in your Bible, by the way. You have to admit that these methods aren't what I would call conventional. Why do we come to church with our, our, our minds made up? It has to go this way. Two little quiet songs. For all you visitors' sake, if it's a little too fast speed for you today, it's my fault. I'm constantly telling them, I'm sick of these crying, dead, slow songs, all right? Give me something to tap my foot to. Give me something to feel like I'm awake and alive today. I want something real. Look at all the religious faces out there, but there's great depth in slow songs. I get it. I get it. I like some of them. People that are in charge of singing songs. Oh, did you hear that? He likes some of them. Yeah. Wednesday nights on the agenda. They're not conventional, but since when has God been bound by my demands to be conventional? When? When? Brother Tosin, he said, he, he grabbed the blind man and he spit in the dirt and he stirred it up and made mud and he put it in his eye. And he said, now go wash it out and tell me what you see. Oh, man, somebody would have quit his church right then. Not conventional. Not what I expected. Bible said Isaiah 55, 9, his ways are higher than our ways. And his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So God doesn't stoop to my level. He invites us to ascend to his level. But brother, brother, friend of mine, God doesn't want me to read and just leave confused like I don't get it. And so if I'm confused, then I might tell somebody else, don't even read the Bible. I know a pastor. I know a pastor of a denominal church personally that tells his congregation, don't read the Bible. It will only confuse you. Brother, I want to stand out on his sidewalk and say, get out of this church. Get out of it now and find somewhere that they believe the Bible is real and for the common man. I want somebody that tells me this is for the educated or the ignorant, the tall or the short, the wealthy or the poor. Read it. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth on me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. What did Jesus mean? Well, I can tell you this for surety today, that his body did not stay in that tomb. I told the leaders this morning, blessed thing, the unique thing about the tomb of Jesus Christ was not what it contained, but what it does not contain. Mm. 
Hell could not shackle him to the grave. And trust me, you may not like this type of adult conversation, but there's a real hell today. There's a real devil. There's real problems in the world. Christians have real problems. Preachers have real problems. Families have real problems. And to just say that's just circumstance, you're blinded. There's a devil out there trying to discourage you from the will of God, the voice of God, the house of God, the people of God. Hell couldn't shackle his body. In fact, the Apostle Paul said, had the princes of this world known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Had they have known what was going to come after Calvary. Think about that. That is the single most monumental event on which all of man's history evolves and rotates. And hell would have not allowed it to happen had they had known what was going to happen after. Hey, funny that hell could alter history. If it only had a little more knowledge. I'm glad it didn't. Praise the Lord. Nothing could hold him. Unlike you and I, my father. What's today? The fourth? Fifth, sixth, seventh. Wednesday. Wednesday, four years ago, dad passed away. Unexpected. No plans of it. That very day I talked to him. He was out. It was a beautiful April day then. Talked to him. Just like every other day. And I know he's still laying in that hole over there. But if we could go today to one particular tomb. Stone's been rolled away. All they could find, all they could find was a cloth. A cloak. I feel sorry for people that only see Jesus as a meal ticket here on the earth. Say it again. I feel sorry for people that think Jesus is just a meal ticket here on the earth. Because the Bible said in 1 Corinthians 15, 19, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. This is why they can shout and run around up here and sing, because we have hope beyond this veil of tears today. I said, we have hope beyond this veil of the temporary. God of mercy. Something real about it. So pardon us if we don't have some religious exhibition for you today. It's real to us, brother. We've been to the tomb, you hear me? He's not in there anymore. He's in my heart. He's in your soul. How do I know that? The Bible says, Psalm 119, verse 89, that whatever God's plan in his word is forever settled in heaven. It goes beyond this little temporary house of clay that we we inhabit. See, if you never see another prayer answered down here, if you never get healed of that affliction that's on your body, if you never get that raise you've been hoping for. I know we don't like it. And in the present moment, we're like, oh, I'm frustrated. God didn't hear me. But if you never get one more thing that you can say, that was a God thing right there. 
If you never get one more of those things, God's still been good to you today. God has still been good to you. I want I want everybody in the back to hear me. God's been good to you. You've been, sit down everybody, sit down. I want to see them all. Thank you. God's been, you've been contemplating things. I'm not so sure if it's worth it all. You've got to remember, stir up your mind. That stuff you were involved in a year ago, God got you out of unblemished, unscarred, unscathed. You didn't go to jail. You didn't stay in the hospital. God of mercy. Oh, God's been too good to you today. If he does nothing else, God's been good to you in your life. The Apostle Paul wrote it this in 2 Corinthians 5, 1. He said, if our earthly house is destroyed, we have a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. That's why we keep coming back to church, brother. That's why we keep coming back when everything's going wrong, when I've got a migraine headache and the family's mad and I haven't paid the car note and the insurance is threatened to, to cancel me. That's why we keep coming back Wednesday night and Sunday morning because we're working towards something greater than this life right here. We're working for something greater. working for something greater than just a little pat on the back down here, some little earthly reward. You've got to learn to see God through not just the microscope but the telescope. Uh-oh, I'm over 15 minutes. I gotta, I've, got to, I've got to slow down. Acts 24, 15 said, there's going to be a resurrection, both of the just and the unjust. I'm trying to get somewhere, and I honestly will stop. When Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. When Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And he that believeth on me, though he were dead. You may not believe this today. I'm going to give you a newsflash. This is more important than CNN or Fox News or the Drudge Report or anything else you can get on the radio or TV. This is greater than that. You ready? You ready for this? Before you come to Jesus in the Bible-saving message and form, repentance, water baptism by immersion in the name of Jesus, and the infilling of the precious gift of the Holy Ghost, guess what? You're a good person, high five. You're a good man, a good woman, high five. I acknowledge that. But you're dead. Though he were dead. Though he were dead. Dead. That's not spitting in your eye. That's just a fact. We were all dead before the Lord. B.C. We were all dead in our sins. I'll just say this since I got you here today. Praise the Lord. You need more than what some little television preacher can give you once in a while. You need, you need roots. You need roots. You need family. You need church. You need Sunday school teachers. You need people your kids are connected to. All right, all right. Stand here and just...
be focused. When Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life, this is what he meant. He was claiming to be the source of both. The source of both. FYI moment. There's no resurrection apart from the empty tomb of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no rapture without Jesus, no eternal life without the Lord. There's no heaven without Jesus, sorry. No, no. That's what Jesus meant. He did more than give his life. He is life. He did more than hang on a tree. He is life. That's why the brother can get up here and dance. wonder what you'd feel like if they said, you could get 99 years out of it. I don't think you'd have to apologize when, when they wiped your slate clean, unlocked the door, said you're a free man. You're a free man. I don't think he's going to apologize to anybody for shouting and dancing and worshiping. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. He did more than give his life. He is life. But here's what you can expect without Jesus. Misery, remorse, judgment, and hell. I mean, I'm no rocket scientist, but come on. I mean, hello, somebody. Here's where I leave you. At 21 minutes and 32 seconds. I didn't say I'd be 15. She put it up there for me. Jesus said this in verse 26. Do you believe this? That's, that's, that's the glue that makes the whole thing come together. That's the fabric of all the message of the resurrection. Shouting is meaningless if you don't answer verse 26 the right I believe it today. With the taint, I believe it with every fiber of my being. And Christopher, I believe it from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Why would I keep doing this? Because he's alive today. Tell everyone you see. Tell them for me, Jesus is alive and well. Thank you, merciful God, today. Stop me. Thank you, loving God, this morning. Thank you, compassionate Savior, today. Thank you, almighty God, this morning. Precious people in this house, visitors and home folk alike, people that have been in church a day and some all their life, thank you so much. Thank you so much for their step of faith, God. Any any element of faith they have displayed today. Coming to church, 
Thank God for them today. Oh, we bless your good name, Jesus. I just ask you to consider today, what do you believe about all this? What do you really believe about all this? Is it real and alive? Something lively here.